This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Ramya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. From the home studio, London, Ontario, hosting today's edition of Kelly and Ramya. And thank you wherever you are checking us out. We appreciate it. Maybe you're catching us on the first edition of the program on AMI-tv at 2 p.m. Eastern time. You can find us on AMI-audio. First edition over there, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you, no matter when you're enjoying the program for being there. Remember, our repeats at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time on both networks Always glad to have you along with us. And today, also glad to have along with us, Mr. Grant Hardy joining me as Ramya is away for the week, a little under the weather. Grant, glad to have you back. Fantastic to be back. So um, Grant is sporting off to the side there a cup of coffee. And Ramya and I, as you folks have known, we've gotten into this conversation about coffee and she's kind of new to drinking it. Or, or more recently, I started drinking coffee uh, seriously a, almost at the age of 30. So kind of around where Ramya is <laughs> because I didn't get refills of all my juices and stuff back then. So I got annoyed and started drinking coffee there. That solved <laughs> the problem. One of the things I can't do, Grant, uh, I don't do anymore. Let me put it to you that way, is drink it ever during a show. Um I find because I drink so much coffee and enjoy it so much, I have to be wary of the dry throat. I mean, obviously the cakey mouth, you know, I don't want to be making all sorts of mouth noises either from the dry mouth. I, I, you know, and I drink a lot of water, but one of the things that terrifies me, and I've had it happen twice, I think, in my time doing this program, where I'm running my mouth like this and all of a sudden my throat, my voice goes. And I know (laughs) because it feels like a finger right in my neck it's like oh it almost feels like my neck is going to crack any moment here and i'm going to totally all over the place so i fear that have you ever had that issue mm. with coffee yeah i mean you're speaking from the voice of uh experience i think and i have been told that uh, before uh, by other people as well and i think you're absolutely right i tend to drink coffee kind of guzzle coffee towards the beginning of the show or my segment probably not ideal either but i do have a bottle of water uh next to me as well i think that's definitely something to keep in mind it definitely is because you gotta have it i feel great drinking it no problem it generally Mm -hmm. is just when i'm doing this and all of a sudden i mean i could have taken a sip 10 minutes ago and i'll be and there it goes (laughs) it grabs a hold of me and i'm like oh no oh no and you're fighting your way through especially during a read which i'll do in a few moments folks um but that really can get me anyway Let's see what we've got coming up today on this edition of the program. Question for you. How was Usher's Super Bowl halftime show? And where does it stack against some of the greats? We discuss with Corinne Van Dusen on our entertainment report in a little while. What would a Toronto that prioritizes uh, blackness and disability justice look like? This is a topic of conversation with CILT and community reporter Stephen Ricci, uh, who's going to tell us more. During our health chat with Leslie DePoe, we're going to talk about alcohol and the good, the bad, and the sober. (laughs) Get into that conversation with Leslie. You stick around for it. It'll happen in hour two of the program. 
British Columbia Premier David Eby says the private market can't solve the province's housing crisis as his government launches an almost $3 billion public housing program. This is to build more affordable rental units for middle-income users. He says the new BC bill will target land owned by governments, community, and nonprofits, and provide low-cost financing to fast-track rental property developments under underutilized lands and communities in communities across the province. Unsurprisingly, in Canada and British Columbia, the biggest driver of inflation is housing costs. And so to get inflation under control, we know we have to address the cost of housing. So for all of these reasons, including the record population growth we're seeing in our province, the increased demand for housing, the young people who want to build a life here, it is absolutely essential for our government to bring every single tool we can to the table to address this challenge. The B.C. Build's announcement comes just ahead of its spring legislation, which starts next week, and the introduction of the government's budget on February 22nd, with the uh, provincial election set for the fall. Now, Grant, you're out there. You're in B.C., and I know every one of us can speak to what's going on here uh, in our location or surrounding areas, maybe even in our province. What, what, what are you hearing? What's the temperature out there when it comes to something like this and this way of managing it? Yeah, I mean, Kelly, I think I definitely have to respect that my, like, my view may not be shared by others. But in, in my view, I agree. I think the private market, it's had a long time to work out housing and it hasn't been able to do it. We literally have, I think I heard of someone who has a housing budget of maybe like $1,300 a month or something like that. And wow. they're they're yeah. homeless because yes. there's, there's nowhere that they can go. It's just a crappy situation like that's all i can say where people if you live here you are spending the majority of your income on some sort of basement suite or, or wherever you can get so i think that anywhere anything we can do to improve just this terrible situation we should be doing seems counterintuitive it seems like if you keep raising prices pricing people out of the market how are you selling these places? How are you renting them? And where, where are people going, obviously, onto the, onto the system in ways that we don't want them to go because they're living in their cars if they have them? They're living, you know, rough, and it's it's phenomenally terrible. Um, and we're seeing it across the board everywhere. So uh, applaud yeah, them and, and on working what they can here. Exactly. And just, to, you know, to keep in mind that if you don't have housing, you don't have anything. You spend your whole yeah. life yeah. thinking about where to sleep. Can't imagine it because so many of us spend our life trying to find that one wonderful place for us if we have the means. And so many of us, less and less of us, are having those means because we're getting priced out. Mm -hmm. Grant and I step aside. He's going to set himself up because he returns with me co-hosting today on the show. But next segment, he's in charge. We've got headlines for you right here on Kelly and Rumya. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back. So many of you out there, we appreciate taking the show via the podcast. Subscribe using your favorite podcast platform to Kelly and Ramya. Maybe when you're in there, you can give us a rating and review. We always love to hear from you one way or another. But mostly, we love the fact that you can listen to the whole show 
at your leisure with the audio vanity card. I tossed one in there today for you folks. Or you can listen to the show in segment form. Whatever way is best for you, we appreciate that that is the way to consume our program, and we appreciate your valuable time when you do so. That's the Kelly and Rumya podcast available to you. I'm Kelly McDonald, and let's welcome in today, who's also co-hosting with me, but right now he's got the headlines add-on, Mr. Grant Hardy. Hey, I'm Grant Hardy, and welcome to the Headlines segment. I tackle everything from health and lifestyle to accessibility and tech. I have it all right here on Kelly and Ramia. We do this on Mondays and Wednesdays and settle back with Grant. Sometimes we'll throw an extra bonus one in because there's just so much to talk about, or we're short a guest on the program. Hardy, welcome back. Oh, it feels like a whole three minutes since I spoke to you. I know it's just just an age. I I, I hope that we're not uh, affecting the ratings of your of your show too much by having me on too often. <laughs> Do you Kidding. think they tell us any of that stuff? <laughs> we'd, we'd never know. They'll sit there and tell you, "Oh, Grant, it's been terrible." Uh, you know, Grant, okay. you better just pick yourself up. They'll tell me, you know, it's the show's so great with Grant on it. Do you have to be on Kelly as much as you are? So it all depends how it works out, man. Uh, where do you want to start All today, Grant? on perspective. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. <laughs> I'm taking kind of a, a different approach than usual because I came across a an opinion piece in Forbes, I believe it was, that talks about the Apple Vision Pro headset, which is technology that I'm very conflicted about, and uh, mm. perhaps we can get your opinion on this as well. So, essentially, the way I understand it is it's uh, it's a headset with a microphone a um the like headset speakers uh, and also cameras and the ability to display video to you which would be everything from just watching uh, videos you know youtube or whatever kelly and kelly and ramia highlights uh to also immersing yourself in the real world so to speak where you could actually have your windows just kind of scattered around your house so that as you're walking into your kitchen you kind of see your kitchen but you also see uh, your an email or something superimposed on your like kitchen counter through the, yeah. the video it's it's weird it's weird um but the article is talking about how uh, a lot of the embargoed reviews that came out on the vision Pro are missing a key part of the story. Uh, reviewers are fawning over how this technology is apparently kind of pulled from the future and now is in the present, but they don't mention accessibility. Uh, but as it turns out, the Apple Vision Pro is accessible, has familiar features like voiceover, Zoom, assistive touch, switch control, and more. Uh, which essentially means that people with various disabilities, you may not actually be able to uh, see the camera, let's say, but you should be able to use the Vision Pro. We have very little idea how it works due to a number of factors, people not really talking about it uh, in reviews, as I mentioned, and the Vision Pro just being so expensive, thousands of mm -hmm. dollars, um, which means that People with disabilities who often we don't necessarily have a lot of money. Some people in the community may not be buying this in droves. But I'm curious to get your perspective on it because I'm very excited about this for a number of reasons. I think it could be a great avenue for accessibility apps. For example, these artificial intelligence apps where you snap a picture, it comes back, it describes it to you. I think that there could be some serious sort of 
augmented reality apps that would just be on all the time or wherever you want. So you could be watching a movie, let's say, and your Vision Pro would actually be describing what's on screen or GPS apps. Uh, there's an app being beta tested in Canada, which can describe uh, audible lights. But you've got to mm -hmm. hold your phone up, pointing the camera at it, which is really difficult. But on the Vision Pro, you could literally be walking along and have all the street lights announced to you. What do you think? Are you excited, indifferent, or skeptical? I'm, I'm incredibly excited. Skeptical. Being skeptical about it, Grant, to me, is ridiculous. We have seen in the last three, four, six years, 20 years, how fast technology moves, how what I used to watch on my kids' shows, my cartoons on Saturday mornings, you know, when I was seven and say, <laughs> that'd be really cool. And it took so long for us to kind of crawl, to walk faster, to get up to where we are now. And we're sailing along, and it's only going to get faster. The things you just mentioned, being able to come approach a corner and it tell you green light, red light, doable now. Walk into the kitchen and read that email. It doesn't matter to you or I if it's on the counter. There were the days when these phones, iPhones, started, and we were blown away by everything they could do then. Couldn't use every single feature at that point, not with voiceover. Mm -hmm. Couldn't in the next edition next six edition, you still can't now. There are certain apps, we just, they don't lend themselves as much to accessibility. However, meanwhile, there are apps that are presented there for accessibility, for you and I specifically as blind people, for persons in wheelchairs, things to assist other people or give them entertainment and pleasure that are there. Not everybody who can see can drive. Not everyone who can see is interested in playing a video game or whatever, but they may be a whiz at the computer in so many other ways or using their device. It's okay. You're never going to use everything on this phone. You're never going to use everything on these glasses. You're never going to be able to due to different factors for everyone. You use what you can, what you want to, but in the meanwhile, I find it just phenomenal, just some of the things you mentioned. I, I go back to the light. I go back to that perspective. I have heard so many people that when they had the IRA glasses, they didn't have to worry. And I've had blind people who have been blind all their life say to me, well, I really don't know where to look for that. If if I was using uh, Be My Eyes and, and using the AI to take a picture, I'm not sure I know in a big area like this at the mall where I'm really turning, I need haptic feedback of some kind instead of just taking the picture and letting it get back to me. So, you know, you have something here that that potentially, because it does it when you open the camera, tells you already some things. When you take a picture and Facebook posts it, we get some, might be a picture of this, that, and the other thing. Well, you know, there's some logic you may have to use, but if you're taking a picture at a mall and it says there may be an elephant, well, not likely. But it is possible they could have an elephant statue in there. But you know certain things because that picture, using AI and so much more, can fill it in. Just a starting point. These glasses, mm -hmm. just a starting point. Um, I get excited to a point. I mean, I'm not thrilled about the price grant, but I think mm -hmm. sky's the limit. Exactly, yeah. I think that uh, for sure the first generation of a product like this, it's always, I mean, I sound like I actually have a realistic uh, chance of buying one, which I don't. Uh, but if I were a potential buyer, I think w waiting out for, you know, the second or third edition. Well, is, and Grant, is... we don't know anyone. I, like you said, there's a very good point. We, I don't know anyone that has them currently to tell me, Kel, would you shut up? The voiceover does so much of this. Stop talking wrong. You know, I, I don't know. These articles 
unless it's somebody really looking for accessibility, they're not going to tell us that stuff because right now we're pointing at the general market and there's not exactly, enough of us yeah. out there using it to really judge where Apple people might be. Of course, it's got the accessibility. Mm -hmm. This isn't new to us. Exactly. Yeah. It's literally an article from a leading publication that was published that says we don't know about the accessibility because nobody has done yeah. a review about it and no one has, has talked about it. But yeah, I think there, there's a bit of a chicken and egg problem in that probably not a lot of people in our community are going to get them, which means there might be low demand for accessible apps. But hopefully we'll move into a new era of vision accessibility. It, it's interesting, Grant, because cool. the accessibility is so helpful to so many people that it's so hard to say others may not use certain features the way you might or or a, a low vision person might. I mean, we talked to Amy Amantia the other day, um, Amantia, about her taking photos and the, the what she looks for, what somebody else looks for, and in it, who may be from the low vision or blind community, what they get from it. Hey, maybe they want to take pictures of their children or at a birthday party. Maybe somebody wants to go and, and take those pictures of light, as she was saying. The beautiful thing is we can do that now and whatever. And I think once we get people utilizing these glasses, and I'm sure some of the people who making these, I, I got to believe that some accessibility was really in their mind because of what difference they could make to somebody. I'm sure to them it's pretty cool too for someone to be able to walk down the street using their cane and have red light ahead, mm. green lights, you know, go. Big. And and, and that would be cool if I was working on something and I knew this could make a difference where that blind person doesn't have to stop, look for, listen for light cycles, listen for vehicles necessarily. I think it's powerful as long as you can trust it gonna be fantastic as long as we can trust it like you say green light oh, i lied <laughs> oh crap hey it's just a bug you can't blame us that's right exactly <laughs> update update necessary um kelly it's valentine's day and i guess this isn't really the most cheerful second article for the day uh but we're talking about gray divorce in other words divorce in later life so in 2020 it's actually a terrible term for it now that i'm reading that in 2020 <laughs> uh the average age of divorce was 48 according to as uh, stats can but over uh the last uh decades it has been on the rise and there's a rise in gray divorce when couples 50 years of older uh, are splitting up. Um, and there are a lot of reasons for that. Just one apparently being the uh, stigma of getting divorced is less. Uh, also, people are just tending to marry a little bit later in life. Uh, but apparently, uh, because the unmarried num uh, number of unmarried people are greater than they ever used to be there are more people to repartner with after a divorce which is kind of interesting <laughs> um <laughs> well, you have to. we're living longer right like it's right, not like anymore if you separate at 50 or 55 you know the old days would be oh, at 70 or dead you might as well just relax right you know relax your next 15 years that, that was the mean age of of what people had that was where they said well oh, yeah. generally it's what was the old four score and whatever it was Exactly. It was, I guess, kind of like your whole reputation was on the line, whereas now we're a little bit more chill about it and like, why is it really worth staying with someone you're not happy with? Now, the data does suggest that the 
impact of grade divorce tends to be greater on women rather than men, especially from a financial context, uh, context which is interesting. Uh, apparently, uh, the, at about the age of 54 to 56, the income losses for divorced women were significantly higher compared to single, married, and widowed women. Uh, and that comes from tax data as well. I believe I've heard that from men, the for men, the greater greatest impact relates to social and emotional situations, but not as much financially as it is for women. So that's interesting. Really interesting. interesting. Yeah, again, definitely. Well, and Grant, oh, go ahead. Mm, yeah, no. Again, it just it just seems like. On the one hand, yes, like, of course, work it out, right? If you can, go to couples counseling, do what you got to do. On the other hand, like, is it really worth just being unhappy and staying with someone that you're not happy with? Yeah, yeah. And I, and again, obviously, the soul searching everyone has to do. And hopefully the good, good sides of the conversations can happen as to maybe what we're doing or should we do or how can we do better or how can we find what we used to have. So um, people in that position, you know, good luck. Uh, Grant, I will tell you. This article is kind of interesting because later on I have an article about a couple that's been married for 78 years. We'll talk about that Aww, on our closing moment later on. Uh, and that nice. would be, if I do Bring my math right, that's that, spirit. Oh, exactly. And if I do things right, I, I said four score earlier, that would be three score and 18 years. So I think a score used to refer to 20 years, if I have that right. Aww, we step aside well, for a couple of moments. In two moments, folks. Otherwise known as two minutes. How was Usher's Super Bowl halftime show? Did you enjoy it? Do you like it? Do you tune in for it? Many do. And only for that, where does it stack when it comes to some of the greats that have happened? We discuss with Corinne Van Dusen on our entertainment report after this. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. the pulse folks this saturday and sunday at 2 p.m eastern 11 a.m pacific time on ami audio this week joita speaks to andrew leland about his book the country of the blind and this is getting a lot of press a lot of talk about it ladies and gentlemen uh, this is a memoir at the end of sight is what is kind of built in the subtitle that's the pulse this saturday and sunday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time over on ami audio also available on your favorite podcast platform and catch it on youtube as well kelly mcdonald settle in here for this edition of kelly and rumya with grant hardy let's get into our bi-weekly entertainment talk now with corinne van dusen I'm Corinne Van Dusen. Join me as we dive into the latest entertainment stories from music, television, and movies here with Kelly and Ramya. Well, Corinne, it was the big Super Bowl weekend, and that means there is a lot to talk about, which is why it's fantastic to have you on the program today. And let's just kick things right off by talking about movie trailers. Apparently, they uh, dominated... Super Bowl commercials. Yes, uh, there is hope for the future of cinema with the amount of movies that are coming out this year. Uh, just before we get started, there is no football talk. 
And if Ramia was here, she'd be happy to know no Taylor Swift talk in this <laughs> report. I, so, I thought Ramia um, was more of a Taylor Swift fan than that. Maybe it goes well, up and it, down. <laughs> it's a, I'm the Swifty here, and I've the last, I don't know how many reports I've done, has had a Taylor Swift story. So I'm not going to make thought, up a number. We'll I almost a said 17 just for fun, but I thought, no, no, it hasn't been that. It's at least 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were around 12 trailers played. So um, if you don't watch the Super Bowl for the um, football, or the halftime show, you watch it for the commercials. And okay. there was the strike, uh, the actor strike and the writer strike. So a lot of stuff was pushed back, which means we're getting a lot, a lot of good stuff. Why don't we talk about three, highlight three of them. First one yeah. is Wicked Part One. So this is starring Ariana Grande and Cynthia Erivo, Jeff Goldblum, Michelle Yao. Like it's got a star-studded cast. It's directed by John M. Chu. A little bit about it. It's in an alternate look at the Land of Oz. And the true heroine is wrongfully cast as the Wicked Witch and actually turns out to be a freedom fighter who battles against the wizard for her homeland. I feel like wow. this movie has been Ooh. being filmed for years because it was supposed to come out uh, pre-pandemic, So, mm. but everything was pushed back. Uh, second one, Deadpool versus Wolverine. If you're a huge mm -hmm. uh, fan of Ryan Reynolds, you're going to be excited about this because, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman have kind of a fake feud Deadpool has a fake feud going on with Wolverine, so getting them together in a movie is pretty exciting. They team up Ooh, interesting. Uh, in an epi epic multiverse story that jumps from the Fox oh. universe to Disney's Marvel Cinema, all while maintaining Deadpool's signature naughty and meta humor. So not for the kids. It is, gotcha. it is definitely a rated <laughs> R. Um, and the last one I wanted to bring up is If, another Ryan Reynolds thing. If is about a girl who discovers that she can see everyone's imaginary friends and oh. what she does with that superpower as she embarks on the magical adventure to reconnect forgotten ifs, so imaginary friends, IF, with their kids. And again, it's directed by John Krasinski of The Office, and he also is like a pretty, pretty well-known director right now. Ryan Reynolds is in it, and you got Steve Carell, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, um, and a lot of other people there. So these movies are all coming out. Um, well, Wicked comes out in November, Deadpool in July, and this one in May. So we've got a taste for them, but you gotta wait still. Really cool, so actually. Cool. Yeah, cool to know that there's so there's still so many creative ideas kind of flowing, you know? Like these are all pretty unique movies, so that's that's going to be great. Great movies. Yes, definitely. For the 2024. Uh all right, animation is going to be big again this year too. Can we talk about what's coming out along those lines? Yep, along with If, uh that's half actors half animation. You got Despicable Me 4, Kung Fu Panda 4, and Inside Out two so a lot of uh continuing series in the uh animation field there all right corinne if you want to highlight anything that you are particularly excited about yep it's wicked wicked part one uh i'm going to see the musical again it's in toronto this summer so I will be seeing that, which is what the movie is based on. And like I said before, it feels like this movie's been filming forever because, again, a lot of stuff got stopped, pandemic, and then writer's strike. And this is one of the ones that was unfortunately stopped between the two. 
not quite sure why they made it part one and part two. It kind of kind of fits together really nicely as one movie, but that's kind of what uh, Hollywood is doing these days. So that is the one that I am excited for. Okay, some great stuff. Boy, really wonderful. That, that It makes you smile. I, that if movie does sound kind of cool. What I like is Ryan Reynolds. Just, wow, he's just exploding. And doing so much back here in Canada is so wonderful when you put on the news. And there, Ryan Reynolds was in, and it's it's just his support is wonderful. Um, I think we need to say, especially with it being Valentine's Day, congratulations to Usher, who got married after the Super Bowl on Sunday, his halftime show. Let's spend a bit of time there. And I, I'm sorry I missed your hit a couple of weeks ago because I kept being so puzzled by how much we were speaking of Taylor Swift, how must Usher feel when nobody was talking about what they used to, the commercials and the halftime show, Corinne. Oh, poor Usher. I think he'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> says Says the Taylor Swift fan. Yeah, well, uh, he put on a great show. You know, he he has 13 years of music, and they said, how are you going to fit that into 13 minutes? And he yeah. was like, just watch me. Um, there was big bets going on about what song was he was going to open the show with. Everyone thought it was going to be, yeah. Nope, sorry. It was caught up. So yeah. and yeah. so, if you bet money on that, eh, you lost. He closed the show with, yeah, because that's one of his biggest hits. He had uh, people on the stage with him. It was uh, pretty great. So the special guests, should you want to know, um, are Alicia Keys. She came out uh -huh. first, sat behind a piano, and uh, she played If I Ain't Got You. And then Usher came out because he had a few costume changes, and they sang their duet, My Boo. Next, Jermaine Dupree got on the mic, and he introduced the song Confessions. Her, uh, who entered with Prince-like dominance. She played a guitar solo to Let It Burn. Will mm. I Am was there, and then Little John and Ludacris, they came <laughs> out for Turn Down to What, and yeah, and that closed off the set, and it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I again, there's so much there you're telling, and I'm like, oh, really? Oh, that, because it just goes, it comes, but it settled back in in the music, and I think Caught Up was an amazing first choice. I One of my favorite Usher songs, and I, I like that. When, to start with that, I was, I was really bopping. Um, what did the show look like? I, I know we mentioned who came out and everything, but I understand there was like some skating involved, or the look of it. Yep. There was lots of stuff that opened with Cirque du Soleil, acrobats dancers there was choreography there was a whole roller skating bit so and even wow. usher went for a costume change put on some roller skates and you know skated around with everyone else and that was really cool so a lot of stuff going on they also had a full marching band the whole time so you have your usher's band and then this marching band playing along with everything yeah. which was pretty amazing there they i read that um a lot of it was a sneak peek into his vegas residency because he mm -hmm. uh, usher is going to be having one of those so it'll be exciting to see if the if they expand the roller skating bit wow that's amazing because you think about that i was as you were describing i'm thinking holy cow that's a lot of stuff there but if the residency you know starting you're going to bring a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff is already prepared for the look of it. Why not give us that sneak preview that way? Have you seen, where does this rank? Have you seen this kind of detail, this kind of you know, background, so many people involved before? Can you think of one of these shows? Yep. You got Beyonce. She was the one that mm -hmm. covered the whole field with people. Lady Gaga did it as well. 
Um, it was a interesting comparison because last year Rihanna played the Super Bowl and she came out, she announced her pregnancy and everyone said, well, that was kind of a boring show. She <gasps> came down from the rafters on a floating, you know, platform <laughs> and then had all these dancers around her. Rihanna, it, not known for high, high energy dancing on her own. Right. Oh, uh, so she put on a Rihanna show. And then this time people were saying, oh, it's too busy. There was too much stuff going on. And, yeah, you know, I couldn't yeah. follow. And I was like, nothing. Some yeah, people just aren't happy with anything. Right. Yeah, That's it. When you're a celebrity, you are going to be criticized no matter what you do or don't do. And I guess part of it is developing a thick skin, but I would imagine it would still sting a little bit. Or maybe I'm just mm. overly sensitive. <laughs> Uh, so we have Beyonce who attended the show, but didn't actually perform, but she did announce, uh, some new music. Can you tell us about quote unquote, the queen bee and, uh, what she announced? Well, it was a Verizon commercial. That's how she announced the new project, uh, that aired during the Super Bowl with Beyonce, where she's trying to break the internet. So you see iconic um, Beyonce moments. So you see her from Lemonade when she's she's at a lemonade stand with the yellow dress that she wore. She's gaming. She's doing all this different stuff. And she's trying to and she can't break the Internet. But then at the end, she says, they ready, drop the new music. And that was a bombshell. No, like people thought the new music was coming. But this is, you know, Queen Bee herself saying, you're ready. I'm going to give you this new music. Huh, interesting. What uh what are the two new songs she announced? Uh well, it's a country album and it comes to the surprise to some, but Beyonce did give a big hint when she wore western gear including a cowboy hat to the Grammys not too mm. long ago. So it's a western album, the Texas Hold'em and 16 cartridges. So Texas Hold'em, they're calling like an upbeat Western stomp and like, you know, fun tempo country. And then 16 cartridges, uh, 16 carriages, sorry. 16 carriages, added Mm. a T in there, my bad, um, is uh, a soulful, soulful, slow burn. So it says she kind of put the Texas Hold'em as like the up-tempo stomp your feet and then 16 carriages, there we go. As the slow song to sway to. Gotcha. Now this album is being called Renaissance Act Two, which I don't think we know if that's the official title. Hmm, interesting. Uh, but can you tell us more about uh, the album, the, the whole thing with the title, what's going on there, and when it's expected to come out? Well, the reason they think that it's going to be called Act Two, and they, I mean, you know, the collective Beehive and everyone else, there was a cryptic Instagram video and it had like country images on it and it had, and it was teasing Act Two and then it said March 29. So the reason uh, Renaissance Act Two is on the minds of people is because her 2022 album is called Renaissance Act One. So they're uh, thinking that's going to move over to this because she's in her renaissance period. And uh, I believe there's going to be three. Don't quote me on that. I'm just hoping. But, you know, we got to <laughs> listen to the uh, the country album that Beyonce is going to grace us with. Got a uh, l- really quick. Tell us how how she visualized breaking the Internet in that commercial. 
she was in her um, iconic different um, costumes. So as I said, she was at the lemonade stand with the baseball bat. If you know the the video for lemonade, that's what she was wearing. And then she is gaming in one of them. So she's sitting at a, a desk and like playing a video game against people. Uh, she's in space saying like, oh, you know, the first uh, solo woman to go in space. And, you know, did this break the Internet? And she she God, can't break it. So those are the scenes that were in it. <laughs> OK, awesome. <laughs> Trying to imagine how that's visually put together, but I guess you have to just you have to just be there and watch it. Uh, Corinne, thank you so much for coming on uh, and catching us up on the Super Bowl. Thank you again. No football, no Taylor Swift. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, maybe next time on our bi-weekly entertainment talk with Corinne, which you can catch opposite of Greg David's TV talk right here on the show. All right. We have a lot more ahead on the show, as Grant mentioned here. We've got the buzz ahead for you. Beth Deere brings us yet another animal story. Uh, this one's a, is about a bit swell donkey. It's lonely after the death of a goat best friend. There's a combo for you. Well, we'll kick that conversation off right after this. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Wherever you're listening in around the world, maybe via TuneIn Radio or OOTunes, so wonderful to have you on board checking us out through AMI-audio, where you can hear the show at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Check it out at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Time and early in the morning. Have us with some oatmeal, folks, wherever you are. Oatmeal is a great thing, but I know some of you out there have some real creative breakfasts. You can find us at 6 a.m. in the morning on AMI-audio Eastern Time. Grant Hardy, Kelly McDonald, we are the hosts of Kelly and Rumya today as we walk you through your Valentine's edition. Hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, you're having a beautiful day uh, with uh, the, the, the person most important to you in, in this world, and uh, hopefully you enjoy that time celebrating. Let's welcome Beth Deer into the program now, our reporter, producer out in Edmonton, filling in for Bill Shackleton, and we call this segment The Buzz. And uh, Beth, uh, what do you have today? Are we starting in the animal world? Always, always starting the animal world. Mm. I do just have a little quick comment about Corinne's segment, though, because one thing that uh, we're not like American football people in our house, but mm. one thing that uh, my husband did point out to me, we always watch it for, for the commercials for the halftime show. And uh, one thing he did point out to me was that marching band that she mentioned actually spelt out Usher the way like oh. the formation they were in. Oh, that's really was cool. kind of was kind of cool, and obviously something that you wouldn't be able to pick up on if you're like me and can't see very well. So I thought wow. that was really really cool. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, that was kind of the one thing I always wondered with the Super Bowl. I think it would really be great if just that portion alone was described, because people ask me, oh, "Well, yeah. should football be have you know be described?" Um, and you know, I say a lot is, you know, if you're watching it on TV because you have options of radio or whatever, but if you want to watch with everybody else, with the family and whatever, it would be nice to have some description. But it really drove home to me Sunday night when I, I have no clue what's going on. No clue of what has yeah. been invested in this. And it, it would be nice. Absolutely. And I think I'm very fortunate in the fact, sorry to cut you off the ground, but I'm very fortunate in the fact that um, Cody is very good at telling me what's going on. 
So I am very lucky there, and I know that. Yeah. It's so here's my silly. When... Oh, go ahead, Grant. Sorry, one of those times when I I literally don't think that I've ever thought like, oh, I wish commercials were described. But the, the Super Bowl, where you, part of it mm -hmm. is literally the ads, it'd be nice to have everything described, especially if you're watching with someone who I think just describing content mm. comes naturally to some people, but other people feel yeah. like it takes away from the experience. Yeah, yeah I don't bother also, with commercials at all say... because of that. Yeah, especially when one of the commercials this year was, I know we're going very off topic here, we will get back to the donkey in a second. Um, but one of the commercials this year was uh, the new like Google Pixel yes. phone and the camera and the fact that you know, you can take a picture and it shows you how many faces are in it, which Cody was like, oh, that's really, really cool. And I don't get me wrong, like, yes, that is cool. But I was like, Cody, like the iPhone's been doing this for as long as, honestly, as long as I can remember, really. Yeah. Um, I yeah, personally, yeah. I just think it's incredibly cool to have that discussion in the mainstream, which is mm -hmm. really nice. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and we I talked about it on the roundtable last week because of the blind gentleman in the in the commercial and being mm -hmm. able to do certain things, taking those pictures that we all think is so empowering. And we, you know, had this discussion with uh, with Amy the other day on the show uh, a little mm -hmm. bit. And I find that just right. fascinating with those who are interested. But even just having them, whether they can still see them or not, capturing and 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 having being the ability to show people those special moments from maybe someone's birthday party. But I, I like Grant yeah. said. It's phenomenal. When I read this last Thursday when we were talking about, about it on the roundtable, when I stop mm -hmm. and think, you have a commercial that involves some form of accessibility in front of a huge audience, like a 515 million people, mm -hmm. and I don't offhand folks have uh, the stats on how many people watch the yeah. Super Bowl on. I'll, I'll look for them later, but I don't have them today. But it's really, when you think about that, the 200 million people probably worldwide that saw that, wow. Uh, Beth, you said you guys aren't American football fans. Um, I know Cody goes to Canadian football. Um, are you guys also UK football fans? Yeah, I mean, more so UK football fans than, like, I would say, like, like my kind of football you guys call soccer which is wrong but whatever <laughs> uh, my kind of football and hockey is really like what we do in this house um and even then like we don't really watch that much football just majority of the time because of the time difference um you know like the uk seven hours uh yeah right. seven hours ahead so um for us like half the time it's just not really worth it but then when we go home like we'll always like watch it when it's on um my dad was like a massive man united fan and a lot of his friends <laughs> are massive man united fans so normally yeah. we'll like get together with them to like watch a game um yeah. but yeah let's talk about this donkey <laughs> yes let's get in before we talk too much football and they'll be calling us the donkeys <laughs> exactly um, the owners of a lonely donkey are seeking a new companion for him uh, in time for Valentine's Day. So I do, I'll, I'll need to kind of like go back and see if they've uh, made an updated article. Um, anyway, after his best friend, uh, a goat, died, which how sad, the donkey called Harold was left bereft in Bitswell, uh, Leicestershire after the death of his goat friend Billy at Christmas. Isn't that so like classic, the Billy goat? 
and his name's Billy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was giggling at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, owner Dot Smith said Harold seems lost and still visited the shed his friend used to live in. She is now looking for a female goat to keep Harold company. Mrs. Smith and her husband Carl said Harold had missed his friend Billy, who was put down over Christmas due to old age. She said the pair would never be more than three or three or four feet away from each other, um, and they're really wanting another goat that is happy to play and just be close to him in the field. Uh, if we could get him a goat, he'd be a very happy donkey. Mr. Smith said. Yeah, I, I just I, thought, what a sweet uh, a Valentine's Day ask. <laughs> that is. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because I think oftentimes, too oftentimes, people think, either think of animals just as sort of like part of the natural mm. resources available to mm -hmm. us, or we we discredit or undervalue the emotions that animals have but i think i think an article like yeah. this really just makes you realize that like man a donkey isn't so different from us in terms of mm -hmm. his value for friendship and affection and companionship is not what we yeah. always want but we all love mm -hmm. this right like when you present this beth it's a such a wonderful thing because as much as it's a bit of a tearjerker and you say oh my goodness it, it's so wonderful and relatable to us because we feel the same way but yet it, it's hard to fathom what what are those two doing being friends? Absolutely. And I think exactly. animals in general, um, just as an example, obviously my guide dog Patronus has dealt with a myriad of health issues over the last year. And right. there was a point in time where he was staying at the vet for over 10 days. And um, we have another dog, Jake, who is a little bit older than Patronus and uh, is always very happy doing his own thing. And they kind of coexist. They'll play every once in a while. Um, but for the most part, they live very separate lives together, if that makes sense. Um, but like we could really tell he was always wandering around the house, like just looking for him. And every time like a car would pull up on our parking pad or if, you know, like we went out and came back, he'd be so excited. He'd run straight to the car, like thinking that Patronus was in there when he wasn't. And it was, it was really sad because <laughs> he obviously yeah. just like missed having him around. It's uh, like ultimately the most important thing in life, right? Is not so much your mm -hmm. abilities or what you do or whatever, but it's just having like friends and people who support you and value you and uh, accompany you and I think that's we're literally seeing whether it's your dog or the donkey or me or you or whatever like we're not that different yeah. we all kind of want the same thing right absolutely and as you guys and know no, my grandma comparing you to a donkey away. sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah I no, was no waiting worries. for that <laughs> <laughs> But like, as you guys know, my granddad recently passed away and my grandma, I've been checking in with her lots, like making sure she's okay. Um, like, I don't know, I just feel very familiar with death and unfortunately well, over the last few years. Yeah. And, and yeah, like I've just been checking in with her because her and my granddad were um, like, they used to run a business together. They used to run this little gift shop in our hometown. Um, and they really did everything together. And especially after he retired, um, they were together 
honestly all the time and uh, I guess she was having dinner with my mum the other day and my mum just said to her like oh like how are you getting on like how's it been just a bit more background information they literally live like next door to each other they share a hedge um but um, <laughs> the they were over the heads that's beautiful yep it's funny that they always like they'll kind of like go down the side of the house where the hedge stops and they'll like shout over to each other um <laughs> but my grandma just said to my mom she was like i don't think i realized until now how much your dad did for me she was like, I always used to think that I was the one who did majority of the work and I was the one who, you know, put in most of the effort and, you know, I'd be the cook, I'd do this, I'd do that. But she was like, little things like taking out the bin or like the garbage or whatever, um, you know, like things around the house, like they had new carpets put in and he basically did that by himself, like, um, I don't know. It just really made me think. Like, it's so true. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just sad. Poor, and it, the donkeys, the donkeys obviously just made me think of this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just... Fam the family comparison, though, I wonder, you know, it's like, well, hold up. But no, but it, it's that feeling, right? And you do really think, because everything reminds you of the loss, putting in the, the carpets put mm -hmm. in. You look down, it's that effort. It's the work. It's the the loving touch, the, you know, of, of, you know, specifically he put this in and what Absolutely. it means, what the work, the sweat, the, the curses from the living room as a tack goes into a finger or whatever, as a working away that, yeah, yeah. that she will hear. Absolutely. And, and I think, sorry, Grant, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Just, yeah. Those things that you take for granted you don't really realize how much someone means to you or how much you're going to miss someone unfortunately sometimes until they're gone it reminds me of that movie i can't think of the title where these two men just bicker all the time and you kind of realize as you're watching it that that's actually a sign of their close friendship their yes. best mm -hmm. friends uh go ahead beth that i i know exactly what movie you're talking about grant cannot for the life of me think of what it's called um what i was going to say was they uh they built a house together years and years ago and um after my dad passed away several years ago they both kind of sat down had a conversation and just said we should downsize now before mm. one of us has to you know go through this alone and yeah. uh and obviously she's really really glad that really really glad that they did because they've been able to make this new house theirs and even though he's gone, they, you know, like the memories of him are still very much there. So I think and that, that is that's so beautiful. Super, super, super precious. And obviously, this will be her first Valentine's Day without him. So I will uh, be giving her a call before she goes to bed tonight to make sure she's And <laughs> nothing can take those away, those memories, those feelings. I mean, I know things change health-wise and everything like that. But how beautiful. Beth, of course, wonderful. We will talk at you tomorrow. And yeah, make that call. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. We call the segment The Buzz. Beth Deer joining us, and she will be back for the Thursday edition. What's coming up, folks, on the program in Hour 2? What's the proper etiquette around how to navigate romantic relationships around the workplace? Kevin Shaw, he'll lead this discussion for us in a while. And 
During our health chat with Leslie Depoe, we talk about alcohol and the good, the bad, and the sober. But up next, what would a Toronto that prioritizes um, blackness and disability justice look like? This is a topic that Silt is having in a couple of weeks. We're going to hear about it and talk a little bit and get some details from community reporter Stephen Ricci when he's here in a moment. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Welcome back to the program. It's hour two, ladies and gentlemen. Settling back in with Grant Hardy. I'm Kelly McDonald at the Home Studio London, Ontario. Grant's at the studio in his home out in Vancouver, and we're just navigating through a week here on the program. Wednesday has arrived, a special Wednesday. Uh, the best to all of you out there uh, taking in your Valentine's experience and, and hopefully uh, having an absolutely wonderful day. Uh, Grant and I settled back in here, bringing lots of content your way, lots of great conversations, Grant. Absolutely. And we've got some more uh, Valentine's related content in the show coming up, but we're going to take a little break from that now. Check in with one of our community reporters. And right now we're welcoming in Toronto community reporter Stephen Ricci. Hey, man, welcome to the program. Anything you want to just shout out really quick off the top? Sure. Hi, it's Valentine's Day, and I, I just wanted to describe, I, I, I always try to dress for an occasion. So today I'm wearing a, a powder pink shirt with a black vest, and I have a tie with uh, with red uh, lips on it. So hopefully that's uh, as about as Valentine's-y as I could get. Uh, and <laughs> uh, yeah, it is, a, it is a special day. And we have a, a family group chat, and in in the group chat, uh, my my brother-in-law from BC was the first to chime in and wish everyone a happy Valentine's Day, and and my reply was, every day is Valentine's Day at our house. <laughs> so, and your wife I don't know appreciated that. that. Points, yeah, I don't Stephen, know if that, that you're working at. I don't know if that gets me out of buying any candy or chocolates or flowers today, but we'll see. You know, it's our. I think our. Well, we've been married for 35 years, so we've had a few Valentine's Day together. But uh, ah, yeah, well. so uh, I guess before we get into the report, I, I did want to just have a, a quick reminder because uh, um, I saw an email uh, from the Toronto Visionaries. And once again, their 10th anniversary is coming up on Saturday, March 23rd at the Hot House. Tickets are still available. And uh, it looks like it's it's going to be a, a great event with uh, entertainment and and guest speakers and music and 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 of course cake. Remember that Kelly, cake, lots always of cake. cake, always cake. Looking forward yeah. to it. Actually, uh, feel very honored. I'll be emceeing the event, and uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Sounds like it. And you know, Fedora's off to the group for ten years doing it. What they oh, do. Yeah. And what a, what a wonderful uh, group of people and, and the programs and, and the events that they've put on over those 10 years are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, every February 14th, there's this thing that shows up in my calendar, seems to show up every year. So I guess it's recurring. The, the Valentine's Day <laughs> um, <laughs> happens every year. Do you want to shout out any events or traditions or anything happening on this day that people should know about? Well, you know, um, I, I, I sort of 
do a little bit of research before this uh, show every month and you know try to come up with some topics and and you know try to come up with something that's interesting but you know uh i i was just looking at some of the the things that the internet was telling people that are are unique and a little bit uh, a little bit out of the ordinary things like uh you know going to the zoo or uh perhaps just going skating or uh, a little less cliche if you will um you know uh, going to, you know the the dinner in the movie is 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 what we all sort of rely on in fact the bob marley movie is opening up one love so speaking of of uh you know black history month as well we'll tie that in with just an amazing artist that uh has a movie coming out today and he's been gone for so long so i was thinking about that but you know there's everything from you know going to the ago or 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 uh you know lots of different things that you can do in the big city that that just you know aren't the the typical dinner in a movie but you know if that's what floats your boat the dinner in a movie then uh hey why not you know so anyway, well, I think I that's just have it automatically planned for me and make it look like I planned it. I don't think we have. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's always you know. lots going on. That's pretty amazing, Stephen. Yeah, and you know, I I think it's you know some people I I you know one of the interesting things I saw was the anti Cupiders. You know, the, remember that movie they came out with a, a few years ago, and and you know there was a group in there that that you know are the anti Valentine's people. You know, um, and there was a few events going on like that in Toronto today. Uh, everything from a burlesque show to lots of different things going on, and, and like I said, I even saw. Yeah. Um, uh, they they even had uh, a uh, one of those what is it uh, speed dating? Oh, okay, Valentine yep. speed dating. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess you know <laughs> there's lots to do in the big city, and uh, I, I, you know hopefully uh, whether it's a romantic evening or or maybe a proposal. You know those those uh, you know those the, sometimes it's a it's a night to uh, uh, to put that uh, engagement ring in the uh, lobster claw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lo, lo, what a find! As long as you find it, not by chewing on it first. Yes, exactly. Ah, that's beautiful, exactly. Steve. Some great yeah. stuff yeah. here. You know, you've got the aquarium. So many different places doing different yep. things in their own ways. Uh, it, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, yeah. Do you want to move on to Black History Month? That's the second item you, you kind of wanted to bring up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, well, when we think of February, that's the first thing that comes to mind. And also, you know, this is a leap year and, and uh, family days this weekend. But yeah, Black History Month is something that I think, you know, everyone needs to be, uh, you know, to get something out of. And, and I noticed that that not only uh, is SILT uh, recognizing uh, Black History Month, but um, mm -hmm. they've got a, a unique slant in that we're on the 26th, Monday, the 26th of February, uh, this is a webinar, but it is it is going to be focused on um, excellence of, of of black people in in uh, and and you know taking a look at, at at the excellence and and building the community and and also disability. So uh, you know talking about people that are are black that also come from the the disability communities across Toronto and even Canada for that matter but this is a Toronto focused webinar that's open to everybody you have to register by the 21st of February um they have ASL and they all the accessibility that you might need on a Zoom call um and 
there's going to be guest speakers. Um, and uh, I understand that you you are a panelist, if I'm not mistaken. Nick. I am, and very privileged, Stephen. Uh, very honored yeah. to be invited by Silt to to be a part of it. Um, yes. You know, because there's so much that now that I feel. I can lend in a different way. Conversation, Stephen, that maybe three, four years ago, I might not have had the confidence or felt I have something to say that's relatable to, I think, more people than I totally believe. And um, as a disabled person, as a black person, uh, I'm looking forward to it and was quite honored. So uh, I'm, I'm also very much looking forward to the other panelists speak. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I've registered for it as soon as I heard about it, and I'm looking forward to it. And, and you know, I think it's amazing, uh, you know, to go to these types of events and and learn and understand and be inspired. I think you know, it's all about being inspired. Oh. You know, uh, and 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 to see that there are people that are in similar shoes that are doing things of greatness, and that uh, why can't we all do that? So I, I think it's it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a great you know, um, presentation and a, and a good uh, time. Uh, it's one o'clock at one till two thirty on the twenty sixth, and I, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing what everyone has to say and and you know, learning and appreciating and and being inspired myself. You know. Yeah, I think it's really great that we're learning a lot more about intersectionality. Like that's the the big one for me as we're learning. You know, it's not necessary to sort of play you know, Prussian Olympics all the time, but sometimes people do have multiple things that impact their level of privilege and the way that people under understand and relate to them and the opportunities they have. So it's great to have this panel that sort of intersects between uh, individuals who are Black, but also people with disabilities as well. That's fantastic. Yeah. What do you it, think? It, it, I think so. What do you Sorry. think that a Toronto uh, that prioritizes justice for Black people and disability would look like? Wow, you know, I, I think that uh, I'm I'm waiting to find out more on on the you know. There's my answer. I'm waiting to find out on the twenty th uh, the twenty six. <laughs> but you know, uh, I, I think that the whole point of this is 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 to build the community moving forward and anything that. That, that can be talked about and and you know openly um, recognized and move forward. Um, I think it, we're building the future, not just you know the excellence of of today or what's happened till today, but you know what's going to be tomorrow and wh what are we doing right now about it. So um, you know I, I think I, I don't really have an answer for that one, but I think that uh, I agree with you on the intersection. I agree that um, you know knowledge is is the way to go you know the more we know and the more we learn uh the more we could all be you know good community members no matter what so true so true uh you want to quickly tell us a little bit about leap year you have a particular reason to get into this well i have a really good friend and, and she was born uh she's uh actually was born in 1964. <laughs> so you know uh you know we've always joked because we're about the same age i was born in 63 so you know it, it, you know she only gets to celebrate her birthday every four years <laughs> so it's, uh, what is she 15 now <laughs> something yeah, like exactly. that like, the math <laughs> you know she's she would be uh, if she was born on february 28th she'd be you know probably uh you know 60 this year which is uh, a big year 
but uh, she's only 15. Ah. <laughs> uh. We always used to joke around about that in school. Oh, you're how old? You're three exactly. now? <laughs> Somebody should take your car keys. Three-year-old riding around like that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I call her every year on the 29th. Every every leap year on the 29th, I always give her a call. So I've been pretty, pretty cool when you can do that. Any quick I think so. leap, year, leap year traditions, superstitions that either, either of you have? No, not me, really. No, no I, I've just had so much up. fun with with everyone who, like we talked about it with the age thing. Go ahead, Steve. Well, I I just think that you know, just reading about why there's a leap year is kind of interesting, and mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's just making up for the fact that you know, it's like three hundred and sixty five point one two three or whatever that is. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have the stats right now, but uh, and this is just uh, you know recovering from that so that it, everything would be uh, pretty cool. Ah, you know take, we got take we it. got Family Day weekend this weekend too, which is which is still sort of newish, and uh, uh, we're all going to Second City as a family. I think uh-huh. my daughter was able to she was able to get a deal. I don't know if you guys have been to the new venue down no. in New York, but it's it's pretty it's spectacular. Be- going to be fantastic to have that extra day off unfortunately we are out of time i'm so sorry to cut you off there but maybe we can chat a little bit more about that uh next time thanks for coming on man okay have a great uh have a great day and i look forward to uh seeing you in a month take care thanks that was our toronto community reporter steven ricci up next, folks, during our health chat, Leslie DePoe, well, we'll be talking about alcohol, the good, the bad, and the sober. We'll get into that after this. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. This is Kelly and Ramya, Grant Hardy joining me on the program and you out there, wherever you're checking us out. Thanks a lot for being on on board with us. We get through so many great conversations on the show and we have got a lot for you as we work through this hour. So uh, without further ado, Grant and I would like to get into a a real particular segment that we get once a month. This is a health check-in that we uh, get with registered nurse, Leslie DePoe. Depot registered nurse and there's nothing I love more than helping folks learn about their own health so they can be a better advocate for themselves and those around them. Join me for your health check-in where we chat all things health and wellness and even a little bit of science from time to time. Leslie, always wonderful to have you on board. We get so much from these segments. They're so great and so walk away where we think and have some things but mostly knowledge. Appreciate you being back with us. Hope you're doing well. I am. Thanks so much for having me. You know how much I love this. Uh, and we're going to get into it today. We've got we've got loads to talk about. We are fresh off of our dry January, uh, if anybody <laughs> did that. And if you didn't, you definitely have somebody in your social circle that did and didn't shut up about it. Um, and that's a wonderful thing. Uh, I, I don't want to knock it by any means, but uh, maybe you've wa- launched your weekends only February or uh, however you're going to modify it. I actually know a couple of people that skipped dry January and they're doing dry February instead. So whatever your, whatever your proclivity might be, 
Um, it seems that like people are all talking about alcohol consumption this day. It's normally one of those uh, New Year's resolutions that everybody kind of clings to or maybe tried to cling to. It didn't go so well. <laughs> now they're clinging <laughs> to it again. Um, so last year we saw these new guidelines come out about alcohol consumption. I just think this is a great time of year to sort of reopen that book, have these conversations and sort of dig in a little bit further as we talk about what that means to our overall health and wellness. Well, as we were just talking about it being a uh, leap year, kind of got a bit of a chuckle of those who said, look, man, January's too long for dry. I'm going to wait and do February because we know it's the <laughs> shortest month. We had this conversation with Rumya about a month ago, and I laughed and said, yeah, go ahead because February has an extra day this year. So there, that'll do yourself some justice. Still shorter a little bit. Uh, okay, we normally start with a definition, but I'm going to go a little bit out on a limb with this one that most people know what alcohol is. So should we start with where these kinds of guidelines come from and what were they before the new ones were announced? Yeah, for sure. Let's get into the guidelines a bit. And the truth is we can still talk to some extent. I mean, I agree with you. Everybody knows what alcohol is, but we can try and maybe dabble in the what is one drink conversation um, because that plays into a lot of these guidelines that they come up with, right? So the guidelines came from the Canadian Centre on Substance Use and Addiction, and they talk about all kinds of stuff. They take evidence-based approach. They do meta-analysis. They look at all these big research pieces, and they come out with these, with these guidelines to help people sort of apply these health principles to their life. We're looking at better long term health outcomes, um, short term as well. But really, when you look at longer like guidelines like this, you're talking about kind of a population health approach, something bigger. Um, and the same institution, they look at things like gambling and opioid use and um, prescription drug use. So they, they cover a lot of different things. But alcohol is obviously part of that. So they came out with these sort of these refined guidelines. Now, up until last year, uh, the guidelines were pretty wide, if I don't say so myself. Um, so we were looking at things like 10 to 15 drinks a week. And we were, and, and the thing is, it's not just the number that was previous in previously in place, it was the implication of that number. So what was implied prior to last year was that as long as you stayed within these numbers, you were doing yourself no harm. And right. that's really where things right. changed last year, because yes, then we started to really peel back. I can tell you the number is no longer 15 drinks a week. Um, mm -mm. But the way they now they changed it is to talk about this sort of this range of risks. So if you're a person that has one to two drinks a week, you're putting yourself at the lowest possible risk for long-term adverse effects. And then when we ramp it up and we see 10 to 12 to 15 to whatever your max might be at the end of the other scale, um, then we're looking at the higher risk. And when we're talking about risk, we're talking about a number of different health indicators. That could be everything from high blood pressure, um, cardiovascular disease, uh, mental health issues, things like domestic violence, um, like some kind of larger social implications. But then another huge thing that came out of this study was a cancer implication to all of this. And a lot of people draw that conclusion between alcohol consumption and cancer, um, but it is a carcinogenic. And so the idea is that essentially when these new guidelines came out, what they were telling us is there is no safe amount. We can tell you there is an amount for which you will lower your risk or put yourself in that kind of happier basket. And we tell you there's an amount where you, as you move up that continuum, you're putting yourself at greater harm. Um, but essentially, we're not going to tell you that there is any safe amount of alcohol to drink. So that's sort of where those, those pieces came in. I was literally just going to say that, like, we are the last generations who will grow up thinking that alcohol, any amount of alcohol is quote unquote safe and yeah. now it seems like that whole world has kind of been 
flipped over because I guess realistically, like alcohol is literally poison, right? That you're putting into your body. So I guess it makes sense that they would take what I'm sure is an unpopular stance and just really <laughs> lay it down that like there is there unlike coffee or whatever else that we have controversy about, there is literally no amount of alcohol that is safe. Well, and you make a really great point about that because think about how many things came out studies um, and culturally just uh, practices for lack of a better word, where, you know, if you had one to two glasses of red wine a day, you were actually bettering your cardiovascular health. Mm -hmm. And if you had whatever drink you chose before bed, oh, would you look at that? It actually positively increases your, uh, your quality of sleep, which we a now know to be fundamentally untrue. Um, so, you know, there's a huge piece in that, but, you know, I always find the conversation about alcohol so interesting because it is, it is, especially where we are in North America, Europe as well, but there's, there's lots of other parts of the world where alcohol isn't a thing. I mean, it exists, but they don't drink the way we drink. It's not sort of, not only is it not socially acceptable, but it's, and I don't know if anybody's ever done a dry January or had a period of their lives where they're just not drinking for whatever reason. I definitely have over you know various times just for health reasons or like, gee, I wonder if I could. Um, and I, you know, the number of times you, you go to a party and people look at you like you have four heads, like they don't know what to offer you, you know, like, well, I know, it's okay. right? I'm not having anything to drink. Like, I don't know. What do you want? Pickle juice, toilet water? Like, I don't know what to, you know, and the truth <laughs> is that it's because so much of what we've got wrapped up in it. And I think that's the thing when we talk about these bigger health issues, what we're really looking at is what it means to us on a larger scale you know there's so much wrapped up in our identity about well i'm a person who i'm a scotch drinker i love white wine i i don't know who goes to an all-inclusive vacation and doesn't have the all-inclusive part of the vacation right like so there's so much wrapped up in it and when we talk about these health habits especially on this segment which is you know i love so much about what we do here is that we're trying to unravel that and and nobody's saying make this decision tomorrow be somebody who you're not and the truth is if your if your comfort level is that bucket of moderation then so be it but it's about having an understanding as to what you're actually signing up for and then to have these conversations where you really pick apart like what does that mean as you said if this is just there's no safe amount for it how do we even get to a place where we've decided like we needed a scale about it how did that even happen yeah it's really frightening. And and again, I get very lost by it because I'm, I've never been much of a drinker. And I remember being told that originally the 15 a week and going, what? You know, in my head, I'm sorry, that's a problem. Uh, and it, it, it totally shocked me. But we are seeing that the people who are not drinkers and, and they've talked about feeling kind of funny. You know, whether yeah. it's a first date, whether it's going to a social event, almost kind of off, well, what the heck do we do with you? And and I, th I think you're so right. So where do we start when it comes to this dealing with it and supporting? Where do we start then? Yeah, you know, so there's a couple different ways you can do this. And I mean, listen, let's let's kind of start on the, those who might be in the 15 range bucket um, on the continuum. Okay. And I say that with no judgment, because the truth is, if you are, there are lots of people, you know, and I can say I've taken care of patients like that in critical care, who honestly, to them, that's not an issue. Because it's four beers after hockey on on Fridays. And then it's well, we had two during that brunch on Sunday. Yeah, but we always do margaritas with brunch. Well, you know, that happened. And it, it just kind of sneaks up on you. And so if you're somebody for whom that has become a lifestyle, you know, I think the first thing that's important is a to acknowledge it and to kind of do a little bit of self reflection and a little bit of math on that. Um, and understand that your body has adapted to this and has already suffered consequences that you're probably not aware of. There are a lot of people who can put that much 
away. I mean, I, I'm with you, Kelly, 15 drinks. You probably have to peel me off the floor, but there's, there's oh, lots God. of people that like, just, just because that's me or that's you doesn't mean that's not somebody that's right. else. And it's not seen as a problem. And I, and so I want to, I want to make this really um, sort of inclusive when we have this conversation is that nobody's demonizing you. If that's, if that's your practice. And if that's still not something you're willing to consider or talk about or engage in, there will come a time and place when there is, I hope for you. And, and when there is, there's lots of places you can go for that. If you're in the bucket of people that are thinking, gee, you know what? I never really added it up. Boy, maybe that's really something I want to take a look at. Or maybe you're already in a state where you're like, you know what? It's just not working for me. I wake up the next day. I don't feel well. Um, it emotionally affects me in ways I don't like. The first thing you need to do is go and talk to your healthcare provider. And the reason for that is we probably need to get a sense as to where we're actually starting. And that means in terms of blood work. And that means in, in terms of overall um I don't want to use the word addiction, but overall tolerance uh, with regards to your substance use. Um, because the truth is, you know, lots of people talk about cold turkey and there is a time and place for that if that works for you. But there are people for whom that will backfire immensely right. and you, you run the risk of some really serious health complications. So I think the first thing you need to do is have a conversation with a healthcare provider if you're if you're going down that road. The second thing is if you're in the middle bucket where you're like, well, I don't really it's not 15, it's not one, but it's maybe somewhere in between. And the truth is, you know what, do I really need to have the two every time I have, you know, I don't know, pot roast on Wednesdays? I don't know, maybe not. Okay, so if you're looking at modifying in that kind of a way, lean into it, you know, and a great way, I think, to do this is to replace it with something else. Uh, whenever we're looking at trying to modify a behavior, as opposed to just cutting out the one thing you don't want all together with, see if you can add something yes and so okay i'm i'm not ready to cut it out altogether with i normally have you know i have two beers like when i drink i have my two beers back to back what if what if in between them you had a glass of water what if you one yes and did that i have i have my beer and i have water you might get to the point where by the time the second pint of liquid is in you the second beer isn't much of an interest anymore okay maybe great then that could be a great start you know um and so the idea is to try and kind of lean into this in more of a gentle way and see if you can't replace it with something else i mean from an activity perspective is if this is something you do to socialize is there another way to socialize with your group of friends is there something else you can go out to do that isn't focused on that activity perhaps so i think kind of tapping into some of those resources but again i really want to highlight if you're somebody who's thought about this and maybe when you do the tally it's a little bit more than what you thought um there's no judgment on that that's what your healthcare providers are here for, but you need to go and have that conversation. You can cause yourself some real harm um, if you just go from from a hundred to zero, so to speak. Um, so I think it's really important that you start there. Well, can you, I also think. Oh, go ahead, Grant. I'll let you oh, throw that. Can in. you elaborate super quick? We only have about a minute or so on some of the problems with cold turkey. What can that do to the body? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I don't want to scare anybody to pieces. Um, but the truth is, you know, there are folks who come in who have already got some damage to their system. Um, and so that means that you've got a chemical dependency on it. Um, and withdrawal, so that can look like, you know, that can look like drops in your blood sugar, that can look like withdrawal seizures. Um, that's kind of the big, the big one that we look at, um, and behaviors associated with that. So neurological decline, um, and and the process of being in withdrawal is very taxing on the body. So then we worry about things like elevated heart rate and hypertension. We worry about your body is now trying to compensate for something it doesn't have. Um, so there's a couple of different things that happen that, you know, whether it's through kind of toxic alcohol, um, let me rephrase that because toxic alcohols are their own thing. Um, whether we look at excessive alcohol consumption um, that can actually cause sort of biochemical marker changes that we need to address, or we look at the sort of neurological withdrawal symptoms that come and the psych symptoms from that as well. It's something that if you've developed more of a 
going to want to do that safely in conjunction with a healthcare provider. Leslie, awesome. Uh, awesome because also I jumped ahead on you. So thanks for summing all that up and going on the marathon there because while, while <laughs> Kelly had you working ahead uh, sooner than we were supposed to be, appreciate that and always fantastic advice. Always a pleasure to chat. We'll, we'll, we'll do it again soon. As a matter of fact, folks, registered nurse Leslie DePoe joins us on the second Wednesday of the month. We do a health check-in, and when I miss a question, I make a, make poor Leslie speed read. Coming up next, folks, on the program, what's the proper etiquette around how to navigate romantic relationships in the workplace? Kevin Shaw is here. Who else would lead this discussion for us? We'll get into it after this. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Settle in with Grant Hardy today on the program. Grant will be your host tomorrow. I'll ride along with him. We'll get into a lot of different conversations for sure, including the roundtable that we'll dive into. Grant, have you been on one of the roundtables? You have, haven't you? I've been on a few, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I think you were on one with rum, one when I couldn't mm -hmm. be here, maybe two of them with rum. I'm not sure, uh, but it'll be fun yeah, tomorrow. And with you hosting good. the show, it'll be cool. We'll dive into so much stuff. Grant's at the home studio in Vancouver. Kelly McDonald here at the home studio, London, Ontario. On the second Wednesday of the month, we talk all things business with Kevin Shaw. Do you have questions about how to turn your business dreams into reality? Join me, Kevin Shaw, a recovering entrepreneur, for answers to your questions and much more, right here on Kelly and Rabia. Hey, Kevin, welcome to the program. We're talking about something very interesting today, which is romance in the workplace. This is something that, I guess because of its secretive nature like i always wonder how much this actually happens maybe you can just introduce the topic a little bit and talk about how we set boundaries around this well i'm so glad that you cho cho chose to have me on the show today i'm i'm wearing a bright red shirt for uh for those uh who are watching television and uh are wondering are wondering what i look like but yeah you're right this is a great uh topic i thought i'd bring this up because it's valentine's day today um you know, office romances are one of those things that could happen. Um, some people get into a job and they find somebody that they like and they like to be around. And they decide that, uh, hey, it's a good idea if we get together. But things are a little bit complicated because you maybe work on the same team or you're on the same floor or uh, you interact with the same people. And so it's important to kind of set some boundaries around that as to, what's expected when you're in the office from nine to five or, you know, whatever you're, whatever it is that you're at work and then what happens before and after that. So, um, you know, always good to, to have that conversation. Okay. Boy. And it, and I'm sure sometimes they're hard ones because you can't help those moments where maybe, you know, you're, you're hanging around and, and no, you just never mind the little poking the whatever, or even just the more warmer friendly, because you're comfortable, the stuff that you might even forget, right? Um, it, it takes a lot of maturity. So, Kev, is communication the key in this case? Absolutely. Um, 
you know, couples need to kind of figure out what's what's okay at work and what's not okay. Um, you know, obviously, you want to take uh, PD, what's what we call PDA into consideration, public displays of affection. Right. Um, probably not a great idea in the office. Um, you're there for a different purpose. Um, you know, keep that stuff private. Um, you know, but even things like like you know, how do we joke around as a couple? Maybe you met under the circumstances where you were joking around, you're just kind of teasing each other and so forth. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in a couple and you get a little bit comfortable with each other, you can cross a line and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, who you are in the couple, you can cross the line and maybe you cross the line at work and you got to communicate and say, you know, here are the things that are okay and here are the things that are not okay. And, uh, here are the things that that we can and cannot talk about at work, and do we want to keep this private and on the down low, or or do we simply want to acknowledge that we're actually in a relationship of of some kind? And that also depends on your company, right? Because I, th- yes. I think I saw here some totally. insist you dis- disclose, some would prefer you keep it on the DL. Curious if there are any companies that actually just would not tolerate it at all but curious about your thoughts on that i'm trying to remember the name the company that had um like they had a policy of like you can't hug you've got to disclose your relationship status uh you know if you do we we need to make sure that we you know separate you and and so on and so forth um it was one of the media companies in the u.s but you're right. Depending on on where you are, maybe you're in a small company that's that's I don't know four yeah. or five people. It's a family-run business. It's you know everybody's really casual. Um, you know that things are are naturally going to to lead to something where you guys are going to be involved in you know in a, in a very deep way in the company and so forth. And that's a lot different than going to a large company with hundreds of thousands of employees. And, you know, you two are just kind of cogs in the machine. Um, some places make you disclose and say, look, I'm, I'm in a relationship with this person and, um, you know, just, just need you to know that other places couldn't care less. And, and they yeah. say, you know, what you do is your business. Don't let it interfere with your work. Um, what you do in private time is, is not um, relevant to the company, but, you know, make sure that you're getting work done and, and that you're getting things, uh, that you're, you're crossing things off your to-do list. Mm. Yeah, I would imagine that some of the companies kind of, I don't want to say keep it vague. I'm sure they have it in their policies or procedures, that kind of thing um, that you, you agree to every every year. Um, I, I, you know, I won't do this. I won't do that. I agree to, to our procedures and policies, yeah. but, or, or how you behave. Um, mm-hmm. I would imagine, Kevin, though, some of them, in certain circumstances, come across, hey, you know what, when being called in by a manager, hey, guys, we, we've told you, you know, you're a little too warmy, too silly, you play too much, you or the opposite end of the stick, you two get into meetings with all of us, and because you're so familiar with each other, you create these these this argumentative environment. Um, there must be situations where companies feel more comfortable to kind of leave it out there, you've signed the, the, the agreement with the company uh, for behavior yeah. and code of conduct. That's what I'm looking for, co- words I'm looking for, code of conduct. So 
I'm sure they use that as kind of, we don't want to sit here and say it can't be. We, we frown upon it. You cannot do. However, any of these negatives or what's perceived as or impacts on other employees or, or the way things look around here, we are able to whip this out and utilize yeah, well, there, it to there, deal with the problems. Well, there, there are two extremes, right? So, right. you know, and a part of the etiquette discussion is, um, do you bring what is basically a private matter into the workplace? And, and that can go in two ways. So one is, oh my gosh, I've met the love of my life and he or she is so great. And you've got to hear about all the wonderful things that we've done and we've had this romantic weekend and on and on and on. And, yeah. you know, that can that can rub people the wrong way, especially if they're maybe going through a divorce or if they're, um, you know, they're they're not in a relationship, you know, they're, they're single and, and you're not. Um, and so you want to kind of be sensitive around that and, and sort of keep that, private. Um, but at the same time, if you're in a couple and you have a fight on the way to work or, you know, you're arguing about something at home and, and you bring that into the workplace and all of a sudden employees are taking sides. Oh my gosh, I can't believe what so-and-so did this morning. Can you believe this? And, you know, she's trying to, she's trying to destroy me and he's trying to do this. You don't want that in the workplace. Keep the private matters private when you're, when you're, when you're, the clock hits nine your employees and coworkers, and when it's five, you're a couple again, and then you can figure out what needs to be figured out at that point. But, you know, on the etiquette discussion, don't bring that into the workplace because uh, it can make people very, very uncomfortable, and, and that's not what you want. Oh, heck Man. yeah. Either un yeah. uncomfortable, yeah, uncomfortable or just kind of destabilize the workplace, whether they're laughing at you or sure. gossiping about it or, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm very curious about rejection. This is such an interesting one to me because I feel mm -hmm. like you go to talk to someone, you're like, ah, oh, you know, I, I have these feelings. I'm pretty sure you have it for me too, maybe. <laughs> and the person says, I don't know what in the heck you're talking about. There is nothing between <laughs> us at all. And then I feel like, how do you come back from that line and how do you handle rejection gracefully? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, you know, for, for people who might, Hey, you know, I've noticed the, you know, the cute girl, the cute guy down the hall or, you know, on the team, uh, what happens if you get shot down? Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's tough. Uh, it sucks. Um, uh, you know, I've been there. I'm sure we've all, we've all been there before. Just, you know, whether or not it's at work or not, um, you, you've got to do a few things. So one is, is just refocus on the work. Uh, remember what you're there for. You're, you're, you're not there to hustle up dates. You're there to do a job and, uh, advance yourself in your career and, and, you know, put your personal brand out there, get people to think of you as the guy or the girl to, you know, who is the, you know, the king or queen of coding or, you know, making sandwiches or whatever it is that you're doing at work. Um, and then engage in self-care. Find those things that make you happy. It's, you know, it's not all about the other person. You're the only person that can make you happy. So go out and find those things that make you happy. If you've got a group of friends, you know, go and commiserate with them after work and get it out of your system. And then, you know, you go back to work, uh, you know, the next day and, you know, things get a little bit easier over time. Um, but make sure that you take the time to to do that. 
And, you know, there are company resources out there. So your employer might have um, what's called an EAP or an employee assistance program. Uh, that's a person who's not affiliated with your work that you can call and say, hey, going through a tough time. I really like this coworker. He or she you know, rejected me. And they can talk you through that. And uh, your company doesn't have to know about that. Okay, but if you kind of need to or want to do it in a bit of a different way, it's got to progress. How do you seek that HR guidance? I'd imagine a lot of people just look, man, it's getting silly. We're I'm embarrassed. I'm uncomfortable uh, and things snowball. Yeah, you know, when in doubt, ask, um, you know, talk to your HR department, talk to your manager, talk to your supervisor. Um, you know, even in the even in the original the opening stages of a relationship. Look, you know, uh, so-and-so and I have been spending some time together. Um, you know, I just want to know if, if that's, uh, if that's going to create any tension in the team. Um, you know, we're happy to kind of keep it on the down low or, Hey, just want you to know, I, um, you know, approached somebody about a, a, a romantic relationship. It didn't work out. Um, you know, things might just be a little bit, uh, uncomfortable for me for a while. Um, you know, I, I hope that you can give me some understanding on that. And I'd say most of the time that people are pretty understanding and, and, you know, we're all human beings. We all, you know, we're, we're not meant to work a hundred percent of the time. We've all got emotions. We've all got feelings and, uh, you know, making sure that we navigate that properly with a, you know, a good team of support behind us, family, friends, you know, your, your, your manager, your supervisor, that's what's going to help you get through rejection and and hopefully help you mature and um, navigate that relationship responsibly in the workplace. Huh. It's so interesting just to think about how you would na navigate this because every scenario that I'm kind of playing out here, you may be talking to HR or EAP before you express your interest in someone, but then that would feel like you're sort of talking about them behind their back uh but you know doing it it's a tricky of, one entering, right? it is yeah and entering the water sort of without knowing that's tricky uh, is this just kind of a bad idea in general or is there still a place where this is can go well quote, I, I think it i think it really depends on the person i think it really depends on how mature you are um you know I know this gets a little sensitive, but but you know, uh, uh, you know, with, with Tinder and and all these other apps out there now, people talk about you know hookup culture and and mm. um, you know the difference between that and dating and dating with a you know a, a you know a purpose and an eye to marriage and so on and so forth. So I think it's going to really depend on on the on the couple and the maturity level. Um, you know, are you? Are you going to be somebody who is sort of indiscriminate with with how you handle these things and you know bringing that into the workplace and you know are you prepared to handle all the gossip and all of the you know the 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 digs behind your back when when people are saying oh you know this this guy this girl and so that and such and such you know if if that's not something that you're going to be comfortable with maybe just not get into a romantic uh, situation at work if, if you find yourself in one you know maybe it's good to to have those check-ins every once in a while just say mm -hmm. hey look um you know i want to check in make sure that everything's cool at work you know i, I like spending time with you and i want to make sure that uh you know i'm not making you uncomfortable at work and 
here's what I need. Hopefully you can tell me what you need. Um, and, and just navigate that in a, in a mature, open and communicative way. Um, it's so hard, isn't it? Because you want to do the right things. People all have our, our human natures and whatever, and we're our own individual, but you got to be smart and use that proper et etiquette ahead of yourself. Uh, Kevin, closing, any final remarks here? Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. I, oh, I really yes. Hope that, <laughs> I really hope that this was uh, enlightening, and I know it's a little sensitive around, you know, especially in our community, Kelly. Um, you know, I think that's the angle here that we haven't really talked about is that, uh, you know, I know a lot of folks within the community, you know, we, we really want somebody to kind of call our own and, you know, we can get into a situation where we, um, uh, you know, just really kind of throw caution to the wind and just approach situations with wide open hearts. But, you know, the best way to navigate this is to be the best version of yourself and bring that best version of yourself into your relationships and into your workplace and into your family. Yeah, I, I think the struggle for some people is so much of where am I meeting people? And that does often, sometimes it's not the most, what some would say, appropriate place out of workplace or volunteering yeah. for an organization, wherever it might be that, hey, man, this isn't this isn't the dating club. Yeah, exactly. I do feel in a sense that. You know, for people who have diverse needs and situations, the dating apps can really put you at an incredible disadvantage. And it is much easier if you have the opportunity to meet people in person. But of course, meeting in a non-dating situation can be very tricky. Anyway, it's always great to have you help us navigate those waters with us. Kevin, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks. Kevin Shaw joins us every month at this time to chat business and you can check him out on mind your own business available on ami tv app we step aside for a couple of moments folks grant and i will be back uh grant will give us a little delivery as to the package they've got organized for you on now with dave brown tomorrow we'll check that out i mentioned earlier in the show the closing moment well i think folks this one will make that valentine's feel come back to you and fill you with a little warmth kind of like the donkey talk earlier. Wow, that sounds like a video game, doesn't it? We'll be back after this. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. missed any of the show, check out the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, available to you via your favorite podcast platform. You can listen to the show in its complete version. We toss an audio vanity card on the end of that, so do listen to it right on through. But feel free to fast-forward, rewind, and get to the favorite contributors that you enjoy listening to. However, you can also do that by listening to the segments of the program as well. We parcel them up and put them along our podcast feed as well. That's the Kelly and Rumya podcast, available to you. Subscribe now if you haven't done that. We'd appreciate it. Maybe even a rating and review if you have some time. I'm Kelly McDonald with Grant Hardy, who's going to take a boo at what's coming up tomorrow on Now with Dave Brown. That's on AMI-TV, folks, at 9 a.m. in the morning, also available as a podcast. Well, Kelly, there's been a noticeable increase in the frequency Canadians have made use of their food banks over the past year. In fact, nearly one 
third, a food bank clients in Toronto have a disability or health condition. Neil Heatherington from the Daily Bread Food Bank in Toronto is going to discuss the unique challenges facing people with disabilities getting access to nutritious food. And Mark Aflalo from Access Tech Live will have Alex Smythe, Elizabeth Moeller, and Brock Richardson test their ability to distinguish between a human voice and an AI-generated voice. Scary stuff. And entertainment critic Michael McNeely will review the Marvels. That's up on Now at Dave Brown tomorrow. Okay, sounds really cool. Sounds really plucked full. Folks of interesting content and conversations, 9 a.m. in the morning on AMI-tv. That's 9 a.m. Eastern time. Folks, our closing moment today, as it being Valentine's Day, this comes from WHSV TV station. A couple celebrating 78 years of marriage say they're still as in love as they were when they exchanged their vows. One couple in Virginia will be celebrating the love they've had since 1944. Marsden and Bobby Champagne met each other while on a train in Texas. Bobby was going home from a football game on the train, and Marsden said that a conductor of the train had him stand up so Bobby could sit down beside him. He said he knew, I have to take her on a date. As soon as he saw her... However, he had a problem. All he knew was her name and that she was a telephone operator. So he called the telephone uh, telephone, um, operator's office in Sinton and asked, is Bobby here? And she was, Marsden said. The two quickly hit it off from there and eventually they got married. Marsden says that uh, his biggest advice for couples now is not let a small problem get between Mm -hmm. you. They may seem like a big issue at the time, but, you know, because things do come up. But believe him, they do not matter. You have to recognize that that person is far more important than any of those issues. He also said it is important to always take a chance on love. Now, he uh, is 100 years old. Bobby, his wife, is 101. Wow, Grant. 78 years. That's really inspiring, though, just hearing about all the fights and breakups and whatever that happen and you're like oh i don't know if we could do this it's always amazing to hear about those people who have been together practically forever although i don't know these days you call the operator and it's like operator six seven two nine three w how may i help you uh so i don't know we're getting a little more impersonal now but very inspiring I just love that he was able to call and ask and here, Bobby, come to the phone, take a break. You know, you think <laughs> about just the environment um, and and the conductor. Young man, be classy. Stand up right there. Let that young lady mm. sit down. Uh, I, I think so many of those things when you hear about that on, on a day like today, those are those tremendous stories and really, really nice to, to, to hear this kind of thing, to think about the amount of time. And some very sage wisdom um, Marsden uh, imparted to us. Folks, Grant and I will be back tomorrow. We've got another edition of Kelly and Ramya for you beginning at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Want you to be with us if you can. What are some common kitchen mistakes and how can we correct them? Well, Mary Mammolini is here and she'll give us some tips. On Curious Minds with Christine Malik, we talk about a, a new... A- uh, sorry, we talk about what an aquatic it, aqueduct is. I knew I'd get out and why they're important. That's tomorrow. I love those conversations when we have to picture and say, geez, do I really know what that is? Has I ever had an aqueduct in my hand? Not mm. likely. See you tomorrow, likely. Grant.
Bye for now. Fedora's off to you, folks. Good night. Grant on the program and I were into this very interesting conversation as to what one could give up. You know, when you get that time where, oh, what am I going to give up? Money's tight. And we've all been there at some point or another. I remember it a lot when I was on Ontario Disability Support and how long I stayed in my overdraft. It was unbelievable. I was lucky when I was a teenager that we lined my banking ha- habits up early. Credit card, early. The only thing is, obviously, everything's limited. Had a lower ceiling. I didn't want to use the credit card. I was scared to death of it, thank goodness. But the bank had the overdraft, and I would find myself each month going in by $5, $10, $100, so on. I know once I started working, it took me still quite a few years to pay where I was out of that overdraft. I remember the celebration I had for myself, like, hey, finally. And, you know, it was just always something that pay would go in and it would still be so low. So when we were talking about it, obviously you're going to say your medications, things that are important. You're obviously paying your rent. You can't say, well, this month I'm a little tight, so I'm not going to pay you guys. Okay, no problem. That's not going to happen. So I hear a lot of people try to, look, I can go without this med for this month or, or, or what have you. And I hope to goodness I would never be in a position where I would do that. Obviously, it's so easy to speak now. I have things that I know I don't have to buy that or I wouldn't don't necessarily have to have that landline. I still have a landline, yes. And that would be one of the first things I would know. I could cut a corner. Do I want to get rid of it? Not really, but I, when working in Toronto, stayed there multiple weeks without a landline and barely use it now really it, to, to do too much. But what I do use it for, I could certainly use the cell phone for. So... I was thinking of that list of those things that, okay, I want to cut corners. And obviously you can drop things off of your cable or whatever if you have it. Um, I don't need this. I don't need that. The sports package is nice, but boom. It does make you feel, as I look at it, a little more extravagant, a little more spoiled. And it makes you say, okay, well, how many services do I, what, what am I throwing away? And I know already things that I barely use, even down to Netflix. So I have to say to myself, don't be grabbing another streaming service. You barely use the one or two you have. So it was a very interesting talk that for me lasted, as short as it was, lasted the whole day. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. My head.